Welcome to the Greg Steer Youth Ministry Podcast. Uh, I believe in the power of the gospel and the potential of teenagers. I believe the best way to get our teens to grow is to get them to go and make disciples. I encourage you to subscribe to this podcast, rate it, review it, get the word out on Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Help us spread the word to youth leaders. It is time for a revolution in youth ministry that will result in every teen everywhere Hearing the good news of the gospel from a friend. I'm super excited about our guest today, uh, Dr. Kara Powell. Uh, she's the Chief of Leadership Formation at Fuller. She's the Executive Director of Fuller Youth Institute, Associate Professor of Youth and Family Ministry. And in addition to her roles uh, at Fuller, uh, Kara serves as a Youth and Family Strategist at Orange, volunteers in student ministry at her own church, Lake Avenue Church in Pasadena, has authored several books. She was named by Christianity Today as one of the 50 women to watch. Kara and Fuller Youth Institute are leading a brand new initiative that we're going to talk about today called the 10 by 10 Collaboration. I am so excited, Kara, that you are joining us today. Welcome to the podcast. Well, thanks, Greg. I'm a big fan of Dare to Share and your leadership and Debbie and your whole team. So it's just an honor to get to have this dialogue with you today. I, I was thinking back about the first time you and I really talked, and I think it was backstage at a youth specialties. That and sounds right. Yeah. And then I remember we had a meal together, you, me, and Debbie, I think at a National Youth Workers Convention some years ago. Yeah. And that's when I, I that's that's my first real memory is is at a, a table together uh, having a meal. So I just I so appreciate um the intellectual prowess you and your team bring to the situation of youth ministry in the United States. And as you and I both know, kind of the world takes their, their cues for youth ministry from good, bad, or ugly. They take it from the U.S. So what you're doing at uh, the Fuller Youth Institute is so, so very important. So thanks for what you do. No, thanks. So um, here we are 10 years later uh, or so after our first real, real conversation and talking about the state of youth ministry from yeah. your evaluation, from your research, what would you say the state of youth ministry is yeah. in the United States? Well, well, I'm, I'm an optimist. So on the one hand, I believe the gospel is the best hope for all generations, including our teenagers and young adults. But here's where realism sets in. When I look at the data of what's happening uh, with churches and with young people here in the U S the average church is getting smaller and older. And if we look at the drift of young people who are, are leaving our faith, it's somewhere between one and 1.2 million a year, according to some really good research done by the Pine Tops Foundation and their Great Opportunity Report. So, you know, Greg, I know that you and I could name a long list of amazing youth leaders who are doing good work, but our, our good work is just not good enough. The, the data is painting a pretty clear picture that uh, we get a little bit more behind every year when it comes to robust faith in young people. So that great opportunity uh, report, I, I read it when it first came out. Yeah. What were some of the things in that that really got your attention uh, as a youth ministry leader, as a national ministry of uh, leader in youth ministry, but also 
you know, a leader in your own local church, what are some of the things that really popped out to you? Yeah, well, two things come to mind immediately, Greg, and I would say the, the, the two things that come to mind are, are themes in so much of research that's being done on young people. And first is we need to ask ourselves, what gospel are we really sharing with young people? Are we sharing the, the true authentic gospel of Jesus Christ, or are we sharing what Dallas Willard calls the gospel of sin management? Um, or some other version of the gospel that presents, I'll be honest, a different Jesus than the Jesus of scriptures. Um, so, so that's the first thing is we have to ask ourselves, how are we talking about Jesus? How much are we talking about Jesus? Jesus is compelling. Christianity is sometimes confusing. And mm. so are we being ruthless in focusing on Jesus and the true gospel? And, and then just, the second, oh, go ahead. I just want to marinate on that for a little bit. Jesus is compelling but the gospel that we're offering often is confusing. Yeah, yeah, I think that's true because we we add all these layers to it that um, aren't really there. And, you know, one of the counterintuitive findings we've seen in our research is that young people actually want a challenging gospel. Mm -hmm. And so I think sometimes we offer a watered down, wimpy kind of gospel mm -hmm which makes the invitation, Jesus' invitation to follow me, not all that appealing. So yeah. um, what we see with young people is they want to be challenged to follow the true Jesus, even if that is pretty costly. You know, I, I think about 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4, when Paul writes, what I received, I delivered unto you as a first of importance, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scripture, he was buried, rose again. Uh, according to the scriptures, I mean, two different times he says, according to the scriptures, yeah. and it's focused on the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. I mean, at the end of the day, the gospel is a simple, simple message, but I've heard even, and this is not just youth pastors, so many pastors preach the gospel without ever mentioning the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, so they're not really, you know, they're missing that point, and uh I appreciate that. You were going to make a second point too. Yeah, well, I, I was just thinking for any listener, it, it's a great exercise to go back and look at your notes or listen to audio. If you have the guts to record yourself and painfully listen to yourself afterwards, at least for me, it's painful. Um, and 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 how much do you talk about Jesus and how are you talking about Jesus? I mean, let's, let's do an autopsy on our own speaking and see. And then the second thing that I was going to say is just the power of that caring adult mentor. Um, that was very vivid and great opportunity. It's very vivid in really any research done on young people that that adult mentor, that discipler, that small group leader is such an important influence in a young person's life. Um, parents are too. So, you know, if I was going to a third point, it would be parents, but just focusing for now on that adult mentor or discipler. If, if that's you and you're listening to this, just know that you're having an incredible influence in young people's lives. I, I so love that. As I just reflect back on my own life, you know, I was a street kid raised in North Denver, uh, never knew my biological father, uh, heard the simple gospel that Christ died for our sins. He was buried, rose again, put my faith in Christ received that free gift through faith, and then was challenged right away, like you said, that challenge of the gospel, yeah. to go all in, to share the gospel, to live for Christ. Uh, it was They were careful not to confuse the two, so it wasn't a works-based salvation. 
But it was, I can list for you, Kara, the caring mentors in my life that became father figures for me, that invested in my life from the time I was in probably sixth or seventh grade all the way through till now. I still have mentors in my life. And I thank God, I really do uh, believe that is true. I mean, and and it really gets down to some sim- simple things, a clear gospel, yeah. a big challenge, and a loving adult leaders, including the parents, to transform the way we're doing youth ministry. Yeah, yeah. You're right. The more things get complicated, the more that the simple things of discipleship are important. And so that's part of what I'm passionate about these days is how do we return to what we know works in discipleship. And, you know, Greg, we we did a study of 25 different organizations that are influencing young people, including Dare to Share, and what were they saying about uh, discipleship? And I knew there was going to be some overlap in what we all had to say, but I was actually blown away by how much overlap there is. And so we at FYI, we've been working with others in this collaborative movement to, to, to really kind of bring all that together into a focused and proven discipleship strategy that any leader, any leader could figure out how to implement in their setting, their context. So let's talk about that. What is Great. the 10 by 10 collaboration and why do you call it 10 by 10? And yeah, what? absolutely. Yeah. So the Great Opportunity Report, which you and I both referenced, was in many ways the catalyst for this. Uh, the Pine Tops Foundation did this report, released it now over two and a half years ago, and they said, we want to have a gathering of youth ministry leaders to talk about these findings that a million young people a year are drifting, and if we might want to collaborate together to do something about that. And so we had a few dozen leaders gather at uh, Fuller and Pasadena. There was a strong sense that, yes, we want to work together. And everybody else said, and Fuller should lead that. And so, so we spent several months praying about it. We wanted to make sure it was mission critical and not mission drift. We did feel like, yes, we are uh, faithfulness and obedience means we take the next step in this collaboration. So now for the last couple of years, we've been building relationships with about 20 denominations, about 30 great ministry organizations like Dare to Share to say, gosh, what could we see happen in young people's lives if we did what Jesus prayed in John 17, if we actually work together and we're more united? And so the name 10 by 10 stands for we want to see faith matter more for 10 million teenagers over the next 10 years. So we're talking a fairly long time horizon because you know this, this is a big aircraft carry of, of youth ministry that we're going to need to change. So 10 million teenagers in the next 10 years in the spirit of John 10.10. So that's part of why I love the name, John 10.10 and the abundant life that Jesus offers is one of my favorite verses. It was guiding this collaboration already. And so we love that it's it's also part of our name. I love that. And I'm just realizing something as you're talking. Uh, We've done some math on our end at Dare to Share because there's a billion teens worldwide that desperately need the gospel. Yeah. We want to recruit a million gospel advancing leaders to mobilize 10 million teens and 10 million teens. If between their middle school and high school years yeah. could reach out to a hundred people, yeah. teens with the gospel, that's a billion, that's yeah. a billion teenagers yeah. reach with the gospel. So we're talking, you're talking game changing kingdom advancing, um, holy numbers there. 
which is so exciting, so big that it's, God's got to show up to get it done. So it's so, so exciting. Thanks yeah, so much for yeah, it. Yeah, it is. It is a, it is a God-sized dream. And, you know, I think, Greg, I love how you keep emphasizing teenagers sharing their faith with others. That's been one of the interesting aspects of 10 by 10 is we've we spent time with a lot of evangelism-focused ministries like Dare Share, Young Life, Youth for Christ, Alpha, and I could name Pulse, and I could name a few others. And, and this has been one of the, the great insights for me in the last couple of years by hanging out with y'all is how much you all talk about and value and are building into your methods that young people uh, who even, even young people who are new believers they turn around and they're serving, they're leading in developmentally appropriate ways, they're sharing their faith. And so, you know, really activating every young person to take a step forward to impacting somebody, I think it has, has so much potential to change those young people and to change those those young people serve. So you think about it and, you know, every, we, we say it this way at, at Dare to Share, every teen needs a king, a cause and a crew, right? They need a king to follow, Jesus, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. He's the best king. Cause, make disciples, you know, tell your friends, spread the good news. Teens are in the causes, so why not this ultimate yeah. cause of Christ himself? And crew, a team to do that with, you know, including and adult a, leaders. And a coach. If oh, we there want to continue go. the alliteration. We got four. <laughs> a coach or a coach. caring mentor. So, I love yeah. it. But yeah, no, I got those, four points. I very much resonate with that, Greg. That that very much reflects the research. So this is this is really good. You know, you have a book coming out this fall. Um, what is it about? Because I know it ties in yeah. uh, with the ten by ten with a you know great opportunity. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that book. Yeah. So the book comes out on August third, and I got to co-author it with Brad Griffin, and it's called Three Big Questions That Change Every Teenager. And this goes back to the, that study of those 25 organizations and what is it that they're all saying about discipleship? What is that common strategy? Well, here's where we landed. Um, the common discipleship strategy is an empowered leader. So that's a youth pastor, a parachurch leader who's mobilizing caring Christian adults. So that's mentors and parents to focus on teenagers, identity, belonging, and purpose. So Greg, those are the three big questions, identity, belonging, and purpose. Identity, who am I? Belonging, where do I fit? And purpose, what difference can I make? Which you know we've been talking about these last few minutes when it comes to a big cause for young people to be part of. But you know, at Fuller, we're a school of uh, mission and theology and a school of psychology. And it's been so fascinating to talk to faculty colleagues in both contexts and see how identity, belonging, and purpose are themes in scripture and identity belonging purpose are themes in psychology and social sciences. Yeah. So, so really it's what it means to be human, I think is largely to wrestle with these questions. And, you know, for those of us over 30, these questions are at a low simmer for those under 30, the questions are at a rolling boil. They're really yeah. heating up. And so it gives us an opportunity to point young people to Jesus's best answers to those questions. So, you know, it's interesting, uh, you did a Zoom and a video for the Youth Ministry Executive Council. Right, right. And and I was in the room and it was it was excellent. Oh, thank you. Later that night, I got to share um, for about 15 minutes. I was supposed to do 10, but I negotiated 15 minutes. Or did you just take 15 minutes, no, Greg? I mean, let's be honest. I got permission. Okay, uh, good, good, good for you. 
So because it hit me, I, I immediately resonated in my soul with identity, belonging, and purpose, but I'm a kind of a guy that I need theological backing. Yeah. Otherwise, I'd, I, you know, I just don't feel qualified to speak about it. And I had been doing a study on Luke uh, 3, 21 and 22, Jesus' baptism. And if you think of a tri- triangle, right, uh, the Father, the word of the Father toward Jesus was, you are my son, whom I love, and you I am well pleased. You talk about identity. Yeah. The top of that triangle is the word of the Father, right? Um, and then you look at the the next part of that triangle, you see um, that belonging, yeah. the Spirit, the Holy Spirit dwells, the intimacy among the members of the Trinity, that was what Jesus was always getting away to pr- pray, pray with, uh, that intimacy there. And then the mission of the Son, Jesus was baptized, not because he needed, he was a sinner in need of conversion, that baptism was his conver- uh, commissioning yeah. for that mission. You see identity, belonging, and purpose yeah. before Jesus actually begins his earthly ministry. Yeah, yeah. And it just got me pumped up. That's about, awesome. Yeah, I just pulled up the passage while you were talking, uh, you know, in verse 23. So verse 22, you are my son whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. And then verse 23, now Jesus himself was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. So this, to your point, this does feel like kind of the commencement of yeah. Jesus's ministry and this bringing together of his uh, divine and human identity, his belonging in the Trinity, and then his purpose to redeem the world. So that, that'll yeah. preach, Craig. It preached. That's why I had to negotiate uh, five more minutes because <laughs> I said, I need to give five minutes to each of these points. And they said yeah, yes. Yeah. But I felt like it, it, it was, it was right in synergy with mm. what, where your book is, is going. Tell us, uh, it comes out in August. Yeah. What's it, what's it called again? Three big questions that change every teenager. That's a great title. Now, where can, can people pre-order it now? Yeah, absolutely. And the best place to go is to three big questions book com so the number three big questions book.com and that's a great place to go to get a free cha- a sample chapter check it out pre-order it and then there's all sorts of goodies there for sure so good such a great idea and so it's like I love the fact that you know sociologically um, as well as theologically it really ties in well yeah. well and I'll just personally bring in another Ali um, so if you're talking sociologically and theologically personally I, I mean when I stop and look at um, any insecurity in me, any, any area where I feel like God wants me to grow, just any kind of emotional issue where there's heat, usually it's connected to my uh, imperfect answers for identity, belonging, and purpose. Mm. And, and I think that's true for teenagers also is they're spending a lot of time grasping to any answer they can that gives them a sense of identity, belonging, and purpose. And that was part of what we did in the book is we spent, uh, we surveyed over 2000 kids, but then we did deep dives with 27 teenagers, very ethnically diverse of the 27, seven were white, the other 20 were young people of color to really understand what is it that they're clinging to when it comes to identity, belonging, and purpose. And how do we offer Jesus's best answers? Mm. So, you know, this is something that I, my insecurities align with young people's insecurities. Um, One of the things we heard from young people when it comes to identity is they don't feel enough. 
They don't feel smart enough. They don't feel popular enough. They don't feel pretty enough. Uh, for kids of color who are navigating multiple intersecting worlds, they don't feel black enough or they don't feel Latino enough. Um, and I, I struggle with that feeling of not enough. I don't feel like I'm, usually it's I'm, that I'm not a good enough mom. That's where I tend to get my most insecure, that I'm somehow not a good enough mom. And, and in the midst of those insecurities about our identity, like the best answer to counter that is to say that Jesus makes us enough. In fact, Jesus yeah. makes us more than enough. Mm. And so in the book, we talk about how a mentor, a small group leader, a pastor or parent can have conversations and connections. So what you say and what you do to point young people to Jesus's best answers, which I, I mean, I, gosh, every morning I pray that I would know that I'm enough because of Jesus. Yeah. So, you know, I'm still, I'm still learning this lesson myself for sure. You know, amen. I am too. It's, it's odd to me. I just finished a book. Uh, it's a memoir, which sounds weird, but it's called unlikely fighter. Huh. And it's 22 chapters long. The first 21 chapters all happened before I turned 16. And the key element of the book, my family were all bodybuilders, street fighters, war heroes, golden gloves boxers. I mean, the toughest family you can imagine was, I mean, except for me, I did not fit into my family. I was a little reader. I was quiet. I didn't know who my dad was. At a Christmas celebration, after all the presents were up, my uncle's cousins are all there. My uncle Dave, who was a war hero, and Golden Gloves boxer, judo champion, says, I got one more present. It's for Greg. I was six years old at the time. He gives me a present. I open it up. It's a girl's doll, which I thought was odd. I thought it was a mistake. I go, it's a girl's doll. And he sure. goes, well, I, thought, I thought you didn't have a dad, so maybe you like to play with dolls like a little girl. And I snapped, and I shoved it in his stomach. I go, I'm not a girl. And everybody's like, you see his temper? Maybe he's one of us. It sent me, Kara, it sent me into a spiral of search. And instead of turning towards something else, I turned toward the scriptures and I be, used to hide underneath the kitchen sink with a flashlight and my Bible, trying to figure out what life was. I wasn't even a Christian yet. Wow. But since that, the whole, that search for identity for yeah. me as a kid became the whole theme of the book. Yeah. So, and wow. belonging and purpose were, it just, when I saw those three words, identity, belonging, I took it super personal Yeah. because it, it changed the it changed my life. Christ yeah. changed my life. So well, I, I can't wait to read the book. It sounds gripping. Um, thanks for giving us that foreshadowing. And, you know, so you and I were talking about how identity is so important. One of the things that's been interesting to me while doing this research is how different folks have different, um, different kind of primary allegiances. So or alliances. So Brad Griffin, my co-author, like for him, belonging is really important. Mm. And that's where he both struggles as well as grows with God the most. My husband is a real purpose guy. Um, you know, he and I, when we were dating and if we would see a crisis in the world, my first thought would be, okay, we need to pray for that country or those people. And Dave would feel like I got to go get a hammer and I got to go fix something. And so, you know, each of us have our own, I think God given propensities yeah. and talking about those, identifying those for us as adults to support teenagers in them. I mean, our 18 year old, our middle, our middle kid, she's like belonging all the way. She, you know, just loves, loves, loves people, grows with people, et cetera. And so Dave and I were trying to think, how do we help her connect with the right people? How do we really fan the flames of belonging? I mean, it, today it made a difference in how we responded to a question she had by text. Um, 
if, if I hadn't known what I knew about hurt and belonging, I probably would have said no to her question. But because I know how important belonging is to her, Dave and I said yes to her question. So I, I feel like every day I'm understanding my own teenagers and other teenagers a whole lot better. Yeah, so great. So I really encourage you to make sure you you pick that book up. Again, what's the website where they can pick it up? Threebigquestionsbook.com. So the three number three, bigquestionsbook.com. Yep. Or if that's too hard to remember, if you just Google Fuller Youth Institute, you'll get to our website and then our, the book is pretty prominent there too. So so one other question I have for you, uh, how, do youth, how will youth leaders be able to access uh, 10 by 10 collaborations. And what's, what's some of the stuff coming down the pike? Great. I'm, I'm really helpful. glad you asked. We are in a piloting and soft launch season. So, you know, we're, we're just barely doing podcasts like this, Greg. We're just starting to get the word out. In fact, this is actually one of the earlier podcasts that we're talking about it in. Um, and that's going to be true for 2021 and much of 2022. The real full national launch will be August of 2022. Okay. But to get updates, to get updates and to get a sense for the kind of resources that we're developing collaboratively and that great ministries like Dare to Share are contributing to this movement, go to uh, 10, <laughs> uh, the word 10 and then X and then the number 10. So it, if you have show notes, maybe you can uh, well, put yeah, it in we there. Have but... We have show notes. Okay, great, awesome. Um, and I think we've bought a whole bunch of other similar URLs, but it's 10x10.org. Uh, and that'll get you to a place where you can sign up for a monthly update, see our trailer video, get a sense for some of what we're already offering. That's great. And I, I just encourage youth leaders, get, get in this uh, flow of information because I believe it can lead to the transformation of the way that we do youth ministry. I think uh, where we're headed it's going to make youth ministry much more strategic, much yeah. more relevant to where teenagers are at. So get yeah. the book, pre-order the book, get the book, start by reading that, sign up on uh, 10 by 10 and be a part of this movement to transform youth ministry and reach this next generation and keep this next generation. Yes. So yes, reach and keep super important, Greg. Yeah. Love it. Kara, thank you so much for being a part of this uh, podcast. And uh, now we kind of, switch gears a little bit. It's called the Greg's Tier Youth Ministry Podcast. I've not been in youth ministry for over 30 years, so we actually bring a youth leader on. Uh, super excited. Uh, again, thanks, Carrie, for being a part of it. And now we have Kara uh, uh, for being a part of it. And now we have Carrie, Carrie Evans, a good friend right here in Arvada, Colorado. She's a family ministries director, uh, 15 years of full-time youth ministry experience. She's passionate about equipping youth leaders to advance the gospel, Developing student leaders, reaching those who don't yet know Jesus, explaining God's word in creative and relevant ways for a time. Uh, she worked here at Dare to Share, uh, but, you know, it's hard to get away from youth ministry. It just brings you back in. So, Carrie, we're glad that you're here with us. Thanks so much for having me, Greg. It's been amazing just listening to all this just insight and just so inspirational and love how you guys just communicate and share your hearts in such relevant and just incredible ways. And Carrie, I just want to say thank you to you. You have inspired me through the years in so many cool ways. I actually also met you. I'm sure you don't remember it was years and years ago at a, a youth specialties conference as well. And it was a breakout session about just kind of that struggle as women in ministry of feeling that pull of trying to balance being a mom and all that sort of stuff. And it, it really inspired me to keep going. So thank oh, you. Oh, so great. Well, Carrie, that is my daily adventure challenge <laughs> and joy is juggling ministry and motherhood. So I can certainly relate. It's good to see you again. Thank you. You as well. Yeah.
That was incredible. Just such good stuff. I'm so excited about the books coming out from both of you. And uh, I am already on the 10 by 10 list and I've loved the articles that have come out of that. It's just been super helpful. I think the last one was talking about just the value of encouraging our teens to make good spiritual friends and how they can kind of, you know, help them grow. And, and that quote, you know, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. It's just so powerful. And um, there's such good content on that 10 by 10 site. I just love it. And it's been really helpful. So definitely would encourage leaders to check that out for sure as well. So Carrie, what are some of the things, um, as Kara was talking, that really kind of popped out to you as crucial for where you're at right now as a youth leader? Yeah, wow, so much. I mean, I think um, those three big questions, as you're going, I mean, they're so foundational, so fundamental, and, and they really always have been, of course, but that has really been even more relevant, more um, vibrant, more it's been more exposed, I guess, is really the way I would answer that through COVID. I mean, it's just been this, this time has been such a great exposure, right? I mean, it's just brought forward all of these struggles that these teens are having. And so just to um, have that simplicity of that idea of pointing our volunteer leaders to these, these truths of just reminding our leaders to really share with their students that are in their small groups that they're discipling, hey, don't forget to really point them to the fact that they are enough because of Jesus and that their identity and their belonging and their purpose, just those three key simple things are, are really what we want to you know, help our leaders, help our students understand so well so that they just continue, continue to grow in, in their understanding of God. And I think that that was super helpful, I think, just to to kind of narrow it down to that language, I think will be really great. I mean, right away, I'm going to, I'm going to start sharing that with our leaders so that they can just sort of think through that lens as they're talking to their students, for sure. You know, Carrie, it's, it's so interesting. Um, two things. One is, I, I think that's a great insight. I think COVID has kind of stripped away the facade of, you know, what's effective in youth ministry, but also what's, what's actually not working mm-hmm. and, seeing really what students struggle with. And they do it. I think the reduction, you know, that term and cooking where you kind of reduce it to the, the, the most base form, a reduction of youth ministries in those areas of identity, belonging, and purpose. Secondly, it, it impacted me so much that next year's lead the cause, uh, not this summer, but next summer, we're going to make the whole week about that passage in Luke three with Jesus baptism. We're going to have a night on identity, a night on belonging and a night on purpose uh, and build a whole camp uh, around that whole theme, because I think it's so, so powerful, so, so necessary. So any other insights into, are you pretty excited as a youth leader about 10 by 10 coming up? Oh yeah. So excited about it. I think it's just so helpful and it's just going to be such a great way for us all to unite as Kara was talking about and just come together to reach these te- these teens with the gospel. Cause I-, I love also what she said about, you know, Jesus is, you know, he is clear, he is compelling and yet Christianity, unfortunately, sometimes in the way we've presented it has been confusing. And so I love just the clarity that I think it's going to bring and just all the, the power in all of us uniting together to reach these kids with the gospel and keep them, like you said. What did you think, Carrie, about, um, and I love this, is that the, the challenge that comes with the gospel, teens are looking um, not just to be saved, but also to, to be propelled for a, a cause and to sacrifice. And, um, 
how, how does that jive with your experience as a youth leader? Oh, it's, it's so true. And I think, honestly, I think that's been one of the most painful things for us as youth leaders through this last year, because it's been really hard to find, you know, things that teens can do in a, a servant kind of a way or in an active kind of a way, because we've been so limited in where we can go and what we can do, you know, and just, just from a simple standpoint, um, even when we did Dare Share Live back in the fall, you know, we were thinking through like, what can they do that's safe and yet allowed and yet they're getting out there and they're exercising their faith. And how can we, you know, we use digital stuff as much as we could, but we also see so much value in face-to-face. -face. And so we're excited that things are finally opening up. And, and definitely through the years, I've seen teens grow so much more when they're challenged to actually live it out and do it, right? I love, Greg, the analogy you always use of kind of pouring the milk into a sponge. And so if we're just pouring into these kids constantly, um, they eventually get kind of, it gets, you know, if you pour milk into a sponge, it gets kind of moldy and gross and you have to wring it out. They have to exercise their faith, right? And they have to be active in what they're doing with that knowledge. And, and I just seen teens who are challenged with those things to actually do it. Um, they grow in such cool ways and it, and it lasts and it's, it's just powerful. And so, yeah, I'm excited to have them live it out and definitely agree. You've got to activate their faith so that they're, they're not getting, um, grumpy and, and unkind to one another, which is what I've seen happen when, when they're kind of just stuck in that church bubble, you know? Yeah, totally. Well, Carrie, I, I sure appreciate your leadership as a, as a youth leader, you're a shining example of how to lead youth. And I know you are infusing these three keys of identity, belonging, and purpose. Even if you didn't have those categories before, you intuitively know the importance of that. So thank you for all that you do in youth ministry. We miss you here at Dare to Share, but we're glad that teens are being the beneficiaries of your impact in their lives. So thanks for all you do. Thank you so much, Greg. I miss you guys so much too. And, and I'm just so thankful and grateful to be a part of this. Well, thanks again, Carrie and Kara. Um, thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in uh, to this uh, Greg Steer Youth Ministry Podcast. Remember that a thriving youth ministry is a gospel-advancing youth ministry, so lead one.